Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Tomorrow Never Knows, a Beatles podcast. Hi Marty, how are you going? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. That's good. Uh, so you've recovered from your near-death, near-COVID experience. Yes, it was the first thing I thought, COVID, but <laughs> it wasn't to be, thank God. Um, Alright, so today we're going to talk about anthology. It's the this year is actually the 25th year anniversary, 25 years since Anthology. Can you believe that? Yeah, it seems like yesterday we were uh, you know, listening to Free as a Bird and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Real Love. Yeah. Yeah, Real Love. Yeah. Which... To, yeah, to me that's forgettable. I know you love it, but yeah. to me that's forgettable. Okay, so. What, you think it's that bad, do you? We'll talk about it okay. when we get to it. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll, I just want to give a little bit of history about Anthology, okay? The first murmurings of something like Anthology happened in 1968 where Apple hired someone to start getting all the Beatles film clips together and all the rare recordings together. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And Neil... Neil Aspen. Yeah, he yeah. took that over. He took it over and he was... Then the next mention of it that I remember was in Lennon Remembers, that interview book, and he's just talking about Neil and he's saying that Neil's... Uh, he says something like, oh, it's so sad, Neil is just sitting in his room watching all these Beatles, these Beatles films, reliving his childhood. Right? Yeah. But what he was doing was putting his version of anthology together. Yeah. I didn't know that. It started that early, did it? Yeah, yeah. So it started around 68 and then Lennon mentioned it again in 1970. And then just before Lennon's death, there was a band called Beatlemania and they were huge. Really? They were playing festivals and the Beatles didn't like it because they were, I don't know, they thought they were stealing their copyright or whatever. And Lennon signed a, a thing that the Beatles are going to get together for a tour and they're putting out a documentary called The Long and Winding Road, which was anthology. Right, okay. So it was it was um, originally called Long and Winding Road, but George didn't like that because it was named after a Paul song. Nah, so, yeah. so they changed it to anthology. Typical George. Yeah. And, um, and the go-to, but before anthology, the go-to album, there was this album called Sessions, this uh, bootleg called Sessions, which EMI were going to put out. And a lot of the songs on there ended up on Anthology. Right. They got it to the press. They actually pressed it, promo yeah. ones. I got a couple of copies of it. And that was the go-to when I got that in the 80s. Oh, man, I, it was like the first time I heard What's the New Mary Jane and Leave My yeah. Kitten Alone and yeah. all that. So, But then the Beatles, just before they put it out, the Beatles nixed it and they said, look, we're doing our own shit. We're yeah. getting our own shit together, so you guys can't, you guys can't put it out. And then, um, then there's word that there's a new song coming out. Ooh, yeah, a new song, and then that's like the first new mu official new music released in our lifetime, really, isn't yeah. it? Because I remember when L Lennon, you know, he was dressed up in the business suit, so and, <laughs> and the uh, he had the suit and tie and. The interviewer asked him what he's doing. He said, "We're playing Mr. Businessman," and uh, but so 
that was anthology when he said that. Yeah. That was the start of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um... In, his, right. like, in his sarcastic way, you know. How yeah, 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 yeah. And it sounds like one of, a, a title for one of his songs too, doesn't it? Mr. Yeah, Businessman. Mr. Businessman. Um, so, Freezer Bird comes out. We're hanging for it to come out because we don't know what it's, it's going to sound like. We don't know what's going on. What well, did you think? Oh, just the the fact that they could put Lennon's voice in to start with mm. was brilliant. Mm. And, um, yeah, just that alone, you know, having that spooky Len, that Lennon's haunting voice. Vocal. Haunting vocal. Haunting. But they vocal. did it really well. Jeff Lynn, uh, good on you. You know, that was... That was unreal what he did there. Just the concept of it. Yeah. You know, when they said, well, what are we going to do? We've got three of us and what are we going to do with John? Well, what they originally planned to do was they were just going to record incidental music for Anthology. That was yeah. just going to be them jamming and that yeah. was going to be the soundtrack for Anthology. Yeah. And then they decided, well, let's try and put a new record out and then Yoko gave them those tapes. Yeah. But I remember when I first heard Free as a Bird, I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. But to me, it sounded like John was dead. It sounded, that's, that's one of the charming things about it. I think it sounds like John is singing from the grave. From the, yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. And it sounded like, it was what I hoped for. It sounded like something from 1967, 1968. You yeah. Know? Could have, it could have been on the White Album Revolver or Abbey Road. Yeah. I remember I came to your place just that came, when it came out and uh, I was just talking to you and then I just heard, I thought, how did you do that? It was, is you didn't, you didn't warn me. There was no warning. Yeah. Um, you, you somehow, yeah. I heard those two drum beats and, you know, and you, then the you song. Know, normal people would say, oh, hi, how are you? You know, like, <laughs> you know. but yeah, it was, um, man, when that came out, it was just, it was really something special for us being yeah. real diehard Beatles fans. Yeah. Playing all the records a million times over, then just suddenly getting this new song. Yeah. And um, I, I saw a, a clip of Jeff Lynne. He was talking about producing it and he said it was really hard because the cassette they had was pretty, pretty shit. Mm. The condition of it was shit. He said it was out of time. It, it took yeah. him a long time to get it cut it into little bits and put it into time. And But he's telling this story about how um, Neil came and saw him. Neil comes in and, and says, and he goes, and that's freaky enough, right? Yeah. Neil Aspinall is coming to see me. Yeah. And then Neil says to him, oh, look, the boys are doing some harmonies. Do you want to go check the harmonies out? And he, he thought to himself, they're asking me yeah. to check their harmonies yeah. out. He goes, yeah, I'll fucking do it. I'll yeah. fucking do yeah. it, you know? So it was a real surreal experience for him as well. Oh, it would have been uh, pressure. It would have been so much pressure, but in a pleasant way. Yeah. You know, they, he has to recreate John. Yeah. You know, that's how freaky is that? Exactly. He had yeah. to recreate John. And, uh, yeah, it was sort of... Ringo didn't have much to do on it, did he? No, well, he never does. Yeah. He's, um, what yeah. do you mean he never does? Ringo's one of the best drummers ever, man. Oh, yeah. He's but, one of the best drummers ever. Yeah, but it doesn't matter whether it's Ringo or Charlie. Or, it doesn't matter. It does to me, drum, man. The drums. Oh, it does actually, to me. shut up, Martin, because Greg's a drummer. <laughs> it does to me, man. Ringo's yeah. style of drumming, he's just got this... 
certain style, you know, those drum rolls yeah, yeah. that no one else does. I, I wanted them to put a couple of those in, but I know yeah. it doesn't allow for it because of the timing yeah. of the song. There's some stuff he does on Hey Jude is incredible. Yeah. He, he Where he just fits a role in and yeah. where you wouldn't normally. Yeah. Um, yeah, my apologies. I, anyway, I, I, I was talking about drummers in general. Um, it's mainly the guitarists that are more, you know, when you're talking about doing a song, you know, the guitarist has to get their shit out of the way and then the drums comes in and just does his stuff. So what did you actually think about Freezer Bird as a song? I first thought that you, they couldn't have done it any better. Mm. It was just great, you know? Yeah. Um, just the fact that you could re- recreate John's voice. And the other three, they did their parts as as well as they always do. You know, very good. Yeah, I thought the harmonies were really good. Yeah. I love the yeah. harmonies in it. Um, there's, they remixed it in 2008. 15, I think it Did was. They? Yeah, they remixed it and they brought Paul's vocals up because when um, when John's singing, when he's singing that free, yeah, Paul's singing along with him, but they've turned him right oh, okay. down just yep. to make it a bit more meatier. Yeah. But they've turned that up a bit and it sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. And they changed George's vocal. They had they did another take. Really? Yeah, they put it, which I don't think is as good. Okay, no, I didn't but, know that. Yeah. But they... To me, it sounded really Beatley, and the Beatles were actually saying when it came came when when it was finished, they were saying it sounds like them. Yeah, it sounds like them. Yeah, that so they they distanced themselves from the Beatles, from the legend of the Beatles, so much that to them, it's them. It's yeah. not us anymore. Yeah. It's them. Yeah, it it's sounds just like, like them. A, a new thing. So I loved Free as a Bird. I loved the film clip. Yeah. The film clip was just unbelievable. Yeah. All those little clues in the film oh, clip. Oh, yeah, the, the detail. Yeah. And as they normally are, you know, like, mm. you know, on the records, there's so much details. That was one of the things about the Beatles, is yeah. the details, you know. Yeah, and looking looking for clues. Looking for clues. Like, you know, the nurse selling Poppy from a tray. Um, you know, he blew his mind out in a car. She yeah. had the car crash. Yeah. Your favourite bit, the... Ah, uh, the blue meanie. The blue meanie coming, coming out of the out chimney. Of the chimney. Yeah. Eleanor Rigby's grave, strawberry fields. It was it was just fantastic. You know how um, right at the end of the clip, there's an elephant. They're bringing the elephant at the end of the clip. That's Ringo. Ringo just said that the guy who was directing the clip said, "What does everyone want?" Ringo said, "I want an elephant." <laughs> <laughs> Why an elephant? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? The elephant yeah. in the room, maybe a metaphor yeah. for the elephant oh, in yeah. the room. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know. But yeah, look, Freezer Bird did not disappoint nah. for me. And I, I I, I still love it today. Do you include Freezer Bird with the rest of the Beatles canon? I'll have, no, I'll have to be honest about that. Yeah. You know, no, I don't. Yeah, me either. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because what they did, we, that, we, we had all that stuff in our hearts all that time. Yeah. You couldn't just... Add something new. Add something like, yeah. Yeah. You, no, I, I think you, we they did it as 
a new project. Yeah, you know? something it extra. Has to be it do, yeah, it doesn't. It, for me, it doesn't really. I mean, it is in the Beatles canon because it's the Beatles, but it's not part of the like original Beatles canon. Yeah, you don't blend it in with Sergeant Pepper or. Yeah, that's right. You know, all those things are um, what they were when they were, mm. and um, yeah. What about um, what was the other one called? Real love. <laughs> <laughs> what about real love? I loved it. I just loved it. I, again, I thought it was very haunting, and um, I loved that little acoustic version of it. In you know the first thing on one of his uh, that, documentaries. Well, that was in um, that was in that Imagine Imagine yeah Imagine movie, the second Imagine movie that came out, and I actually liked that version better because it's acoustic and it's slower i don't yeah. like the piano version and when i heard that they were going to do real love i thought it, they were going to use that slow acoustic version yeah. i was hoping they'd you know use mellotrons and make it like yeah. strawberry fieldy or yeah. or something like that but then they used the piano version and they turned it into a, a pop a, song another song yeah which i don't really rate at all yeah uh well i do you like it don't yeah you? i like it yeah um yeah, there was a few of those Imagines came out, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was one where Yoko was just sitting really looking strange. and <laughs> As she does. And then all these, like, Fred Astaire comes down the stairs and then other, you know, celebrities coming out, you know, opening a door and then George Harrison opens the door. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was a... There was a few of them. There was about... Four or five imagines, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a yeah, and um, but right at the end of this particular version of Imagine, they played Real Love. I yeah. remember I went and saw it at the theaters, and I'm thinking, shit, I haven't heard this song before, and uh, I knew it was an outtake, and I thought, wow, that would make a good like strawberry fieldish, yeah, I'm the Warrisy, yeah, type thing. You know what I mean? If you just then they use that piano. I don't know why they use that piano version. I, I guess they wanted the semi-psychedelic sound in Free as a Bird and then they wanted Beatles pop song. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, again, Paul would, would have had a lot of say, you know. Mm. Well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is Paul had to bow down to George in a lot of this stuff. Did he? Yeah, because George, without George... He couldn't do it. Yeah. And George was a bit sketchy on it all. You know, a yeah. lot of people are saying George only did it because he w he'd lost a lot of money. Yeah. And he was ripped off by managers and stuff. So yeah. he, he wanted to get the money together. So it was George, George, it was George that bought in Jeff Lynn. Yeah. Paul didn't want Jeff Lynn. He thought he was too much of George's mate. Yeah. You know, so he yeah. thought things would go George's way. But George, no, nah, if we don't bring Jeff Lynn, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so George... For the very first time ever, probably. Yeah. George had Paul on a string. On his knees. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the puppet. Yeah, yeah. So George was kind of calling the shots. And then Paul was talking about he didn't like um he didn't like the slide guitar in Free as a Bird because it sounded too much like George. Yeah. Like solo George. Yeah. And uh George said, No, we're keeping it. It's the same argument. Uh, yeah. So it's so like the argument it. they had with Hey Jude. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and Jeff Lynn talks about like 
you know, they'd be recording and they'd sit around and they'd be having a meal and they'd talk about fun times and they'd talk about the cavern days or Hamburg or first trip or whatever. And then all of a sudden someone would bring something up and there'd be a big argument going yeah. on. So, all yeah. the, you know, there was a, it was a massive clash of egos. And they were recording, recording it Grow Old With Me as well, uh, another Lennon song. Yeah. And... By that time, they George had the shits with Paul. Ringo had left yeah. to go skiing, yeah, and they so they just got rid of it. Yeah, grow. So, I think that was on the Milk and Honey album. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And there was another song. I can't remember what the other song was, but um, yeah, they've recently Ringo recently recorded "Grow Old with Me" with uh, Paul doing the backing vocals, but you can't hear him. Yeah. So you know, I was. This is going off the track a little bit. It was just something I thought about, about you. Um, and it, it, I thought it, but it was in a, everything's in a positive sense. But I thought about your taste in music. You, you, love, you love to have fantasy, psychedelic, a lot of reverb echo in a song. And backwards. And backwards. Because <laughs> uh, I remember when we did our thing and I thought, no, Every song, you know, can't be psychedelic. We're going to have to go a bit conservative. Yeah. And you just said, no, nah, no, nah, I want to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just something I thought about. And it, that's why it makes sense. Like, when you like walking, uh, this is going right off the track. We're talking about Hush. You like the echoey walking. You didn't yeah. like the other live rocky version. Yeah, but I, I just like the guitar sound as well in the yeah. original... But that's, but yeah, and that's, I guess you're right in saying that. That's probably... I say that in a positive yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I like, um, that's why I like Freezer Bird better than... Um, real love. Real love, you know, uh, because yeah. it's it's just got that, it's haunting, it's mm. ghostly, it's uh, it's got that little bit of psychedelia. Yeah. So I suppose you could call it, you, you've got this more arty, taste in music and all of it is art like for example you like you love that satanic request you know the, yeah the her majesty yeah. yeah i love that i don't get me wrong i loved it too but i know i know you would really rate that better than what most people thought for example sticky fingers yeah uh, to, to me that's the best stones album yeah because it's, stones it's, album. Arty, it's, very it's psychedelic yeah. it's got it's psychedelic um sorry about going off track then it was just something i noticed about you i I thought about it the other day. Let's get, get back. back on track. Yeah. So we've we've spoken about the first two singles that came out, okay? And then then comes out um, the documentary itself. The documentary starts. Yeah. Just like that other documentary I have that you really love. Complete Beatles. Yeah, I got that again, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. On uh, DVD or? Uh, no. Um, did I? No, I think it was VHS. Yeah. Um, that was the go-to documentary before Anthology, yeah. really. That was the best documentary I've seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. And then Anthology comes out and it debuted um, It debuted on television. That's when yeah. I first saw it. Yeah. On television. And it had, I remember just the Beatles in those big letters and it had them 
really small, you know, yeah. the camera pulls out. And to me, it was real cutting edge technology back yeah. then. I'd never seen, I was just so happy that they were doing that with the Beatles. When they were playing yeah. Help. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. The, like almost puppet sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was pretty free. Yeah. What did you think of the documentary? I loved it. I yeah. loved it. It was good. Uh, yeah, like the one we used to listen, uh, watch, it was sort of like a an entree to what was to come. Yeah. The, the anthology was the big one, the main meal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, anthology. It was what we'd been waiting for. Yeah. We'd been, well, like we knew the Beatles story, but we wanted to hear it all in their own words. And, and the anthology book, anyone that doesn't have the anthology book and that's into anthology, go get that book because it's... So much more detail. Is it? Yeah, especially in the albums and the songs yeah. and and stuff like that. Um, so, okay, Anthology starts off. This is where we grew up. Yeah. This is... Uh, but I, I went to uh, Liverpool in 2012 and I went and I visited all their houses. And that I would have been freaky. Oh, it was. I, I went to John... You went to Strawberry Fields? Yeah, I went to Strawberry Fields. Yeah. But I went to John's house... Um, in Menlove Avenue, uh, Mimi's house. Yeah. I went there and you know what? You know how it says, you know, they grew up really poor, really, where the other three did. Yeah. But John's house was a better house than what you and I grew up in. Yeah, right. You know, you grew up, you grew up in that small flat. You remember my house? Um, it was a... Fibro. White, white fibro, yeah. Broken, all the fibro was broken yeah. and all that. So he actually grew up in a better place yeah. than we grew up in. And I remember sitting in his bedroom, I went into his bedroom, because they, they only let like four people... At a time. At a time. Yeah. So everyone's around different parts of the house and I, I went to, into his bedroom and I'm yeah. sitting on the bed that they've got in there and um, I'm just looking out the window and they've got a tape player and it's playing... The, all the old, you know, P.S. I love you yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I was staring out the window and that was like the most, the closest thing to a religious experience I've ever had. Yeah, right. You could feel his presence yeah. in the room, yeah. you know? Yeah, it would have been freaky. And Paul's place was um, what they call over there, council flat. They call yeah. it housing commission. That was a small place. Um, George's and Ringo's I saw from the outside. Ringo's was basically just a little hole in the wall. Like he grew up yeah. dirt poor. He was guy. always sick, wasn't he? When yeah, he was yeah, yeah, he was a sick kid now talking about. He nearly died. He says in anthology a couple of times, they said to his mum, you, you better come in. Um, he's going to die tonight. Mm, and he, he, just kept, he just kept pulling through. Um, one of the things I noticed in anthology, they don't talk about Brian that much. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, I didn't notice that, but now you. Yeah, said he it. seems to sort of be missing a lot in it, which I think is. Well, he was the he, without him, they wouldn't have been. Exactly, he was the one that, that grabbed them, put money behind him. That's yeah. the most important thing. Maybe who, uh, came, who knows? Maybe Neil didn't get on with him or something. I think they might. They don't like, even though everyone knows that they weren't Brian's puppets. Yeah. Back then, in that in the day, people used to say they were Brian Epstein's puppets, and even though now everyone knows there's no way that they were mm. Brian Epstein, they still might have a little bit of that in their heads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but well, you know, well, magical mystery tour—that was the first thing they did without Brian. Yeah. And that was a bit of a, flight. <laughs> it was yeah. a disaster, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so that says it all. But Brian, like you know, put a few more quotes from Brian. Like Brian actually said, right in 1964. 
he actually said, I saw a clip of him saying, in the year 2000, kids will still be listening to the Beatles. Yep. Why not put that in? Yeah. You know, that's predicting yep. the future. That shows Brian's genius. Yeah. And future knowledge, yeah. you know, predictions. And... Yeah. I know one guy that you were really interested in is um, Jimmy Nickel. Yeah. Jimmy Nickel. I still am. It, it's Every time I think about it, I just think, God, what, what, a, how is that guy? How is his health? Because apparently his mental health isn't that good. No, well, understandably so. Like <laughs> going from, you know, from yeah. a nothing to a mega rock star, but then going back to nothing again. Yeah. That's like. So for, for people who um, don't know, and I know our listeners do know, all, all two of you, um, that. In 1964, when they were doing their world tour, Ringo comes down with tonsillitis and George wants to cancel the world yeah, tour. Yeah, he said, if yeah. Ringo's not there, we're all, you know. Yeah, yeah. So George wants to cancel it, but Brian, Brian, who's a man of his word, says, no, we're, we're going forth with it. So they get a fill-in drummer and his name's Jimmy Nickel and he becomes a Beatle for, I think it was only two weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. It was only for a couple of weeks. So he becomes one of the most famous guys ever in the most famous band ever to have existed. He's the drummer. Yeah. And And he was waving at the crowd just like the other Beatles, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise, you know, when they show them landing in Sydney... That was him. Yeah, I didn't know that. Neither did I, but... Yeah, yeah. with the umbrellas and it's it's all... Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So he he appears for two weeks and... um, because I, I think he did... I don't think he did Sydney. I think he did Melbourne. No, he didn't do and, Melbourne. And I think he only did Adelaide. Did I think he? Adelaide was the only one. Adelaide or Perth. Because Ringo so came back. So then Ringo came to Australia. Yeah, then right. when Ringo came yeah. to Australia. Um, but he was saying, you know, he, was say, he, he said stuff like, oh, the Beatles were really good guys. He said they were really good guys to me. Yeah. Um, but you just... They were so tight that you just couldn't yeah. get in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said they were nice to me. I remember one interview which has, in anthology, they say they all look really stoned. You can yeah. tell they're stoned. Yeah. Their, their eyes are glassy. And um, they asked Jimmy Nichols the obligatory question. They said, um, so do you find it hard to to do what Ringo's doing? And uh, Jimmy Nichols goes, no, not really. And then the other three just start laughing. They go, yeah. I saw that interview. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, because he handled it really well, I thought. that He did, yeah, yeah, handled it really well. Even though there's footage of him um, without, the like, cut off his head. Yeah. They've cut off his head. So they're showing the band. They show his arms and his yeah. body, but they don't show the head, oh, which is really... How incredible. teasing. What a tease that was, eh? And yeah, look, here's, a, here's a little uh, fact for you. He actually appeared on um, one of those cheap... Beatles' greatest hits albums where they just got session musos to come oh, okay. in and redo it, and he was the drummer. Oh, right. That. Yeah. So he comes two weeks, he's one of the most famous guys in the world, then shake hand. They actually gave him a watch. Yeah. And then he's gone. And basically, no one hears from him. Oh, no one even asked about him. Yeah. And people have uh, tried to get him to write books, they tried to get him in anthology. They tried to get him in an anthology, but the story is his son 
was working on anthology, doing editing or something. Yeah. No one knew. Yeah. And someone said, man, you've got the same surname as Jimmy Nickel and you actually look like him. He said, yeah, he's my dad. Yeah. And I said, do you know where he is? He said, yeah, I do. And I said, can you, um, can you tell him what we're doing? And we want, we want him to come and talk. So he goes, he's, he was estranged from his dad because his dad was a bit of a nut. Yeah. So he goes up, sees his dad, tells him what's happening. And his dad says, tell him I'm dead. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So he, his brain is... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't he, know. Uh, a... I, I don't know if that's what fucked him up, but uh, it, it would have gone... Anyone would be a basket case, you yeah. know, like, ex, you know, doing that. Mm. I know I would have. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And um, someone else who was missing was Pete Best. Yeah. They didn't talk to Pete Best. No one ever mentioned his name. No, they did. Um, Paul mentions his name. Remember, he says Moody. I know all the girls loved him. Yeah, all the girls loved him. But why not talk to Pete Best? Pete Best was an actual member of the Beatles. Pete Best recorded a version of Love Me Do. Mm. You know, why not talk to Pete Best? What harm can it do now? Yeah, At, at the cabin, you know, the fans were yelling out, Ringo, no. Pete, yes. No, no. Uh, Pete forever, Ringo never. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, but, you know, what damage can it do to talk to the guy now? Why yeah. not have him, you know, to, I guess everything he's going, oh, he's going to say negative shit, isn't he? Well, he got he got sacked. So his pride yeah. was the most, um, what's the word, famous. It was the most... Famous sacking. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the most famous sacking yeah. in the world. And not only to be, like, sacked, but then to have that band go on to be the biggest thing in the world. Ever. Like, bigger yeah. than... The Beatles were making more money than all of Hollywood, all the films that were being produced yeah. in Hollywood in those years. Yeah. They were making more money than that. The yeah. Beatles were bigger than Hollywood. Yeah. They were bigger than any... They were bigger than Elvis. They were bigger than anything. And he just had to sit back see them in the papers every day, see mm. them on TV all the time, hear this amazing music coming out yeah. of them. Oh, know? they're bigger than Jesus. <laughs> you know who I think is the coolest Beatle now? Who? Ringo. Ringo. From Anthology. Ringo was just like super cool, man. Yeah. He was super cool. Like George was too. Paul was, you know how Paul was always doing something when they showed him? Like he was like driving a boat. A boat, yeah. (laughs) Ringo just sits back. Yeah. Yeah. And tells it how it is. Yeah. You know? Ringo just tells it. There's no agenda. Ringo doesn't have an agenda. Paul seemed to have a little bit of an agenda. For example, when they're talking about um, I Feel Fine. Yeah. They're talking about the that that first note. Yeah, that what what are they? It, it is it like ready for feedback? Feedback. That's yeah. what it is. So they're talking about feedback of I feel fine, and Paul comes out and says, "Oh, John just put that on the amp, and it was all an accident." Yeah, you know, making out. That, yeah, that so it was what? nothing. That yeah. it was that it, he didn't do it on purpose. And then George turns around and says, "No, John did that on purpose. He I saw him working on that." You for know. What? Something about that song, um, when I you watch them live, um, you, I, I was looking at the guitars, who was playing that riff? And I, I think John was playing it, but not as a riff through his chord 
progression. Right. Yeah, they did a lot of freaky things like that. Yeah, I, I still don't know who did who was playing that, you know, yeah. that riff and I Feel Fine, which I absolutely love. And ring, uh, George turns around after he says that. George turns around and looks in the camera and says, uh, John invented Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the feedback. And, and then they're talking about, there was a couple of myths dispelled, like they were talking about when they met Elvis. And they were saying that, you know, how John said, oh, we all sat down, we had a jam and we taped it and the tape is missing. They're all saying, well, no, why well, didn't jam with Elvis? Did you jam with Elvis? No, yeah, I didn't jam yeah, with Elvis. Yeah, he's bullshitting. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's full of shit. Yeah. Which, uh, which I thought was funny. Well, I think they said John, John did jam with him, but it wasn't like he said, you know. Mm. Well, John was always like that, though. You know, he, he's always like, oh... Exaggerate something. Yeah, but we did this, but you can't hear it, sort yeah. of thing. Like, in anthology as well, he says, he says, our best, our best was before we um, even got a record contract. Yeah. No one's seen our best. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know? it's not there. Yeah, yeah it's, he, he always, uh, yeah, like you say, exaggerated something, yeah. but, you know, he, he just likes stirring shit yeah. up. Um, India. India. There's a lot of Indian... Uh, stuff in India, which was good, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was like a like a summer camp in a way. Like yeah. Donovan was there, the Beach Boys. Beach Boys were there, and that they were all just you know meditating. They were into that uh, Maharishi, yeah, who ended up being a um not what he was supposed to be. Yeah, well, that's another thing in anthology too. They they're talking about um, they're saying you know Maharishi got this reputation started by Magic Alex yeah. as a pervert. And then when they're talking to John and George about because Ringo had left yeah. earlier. Didn't like the food. You didn't like the food. When they talk to, uh, not John, uh, George and Paul about it, they're saying, well, we never saw anything like that. Paul yeah. was, uh, George was still like... Full on into it. Full on into it. Even yeah. up to the day he died, he, he still had respect for the Maharishi yeah. and... Paul tells that story where, you know, he says the Maharishi asks him, what's the best car to get, you know? But it wasn't talking to him in a material sense, yeah. like what's the flashiest and most expensive car I can get? It was, what's the most reliable car I can get that yeah. will get me from A to B? Yeah. You know, he wasn't a materialistic man. They said they didn't see anything like that yeah. there. I, I have to admit, I I had a laugh when I was watching the uh, Maharishi being interviewed and the interviewer said so what did you do that you know it was so magical he said nothing nothing you know and then he giggled just it was yeah. funny yeah 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 it was and, and that interview when brian died that's a weird interview isn't it yeah when they come out when brian died. what did maharishi what did john say john said um yeah i think it's a little bit a little overwhelmed and then he's rolling his eyes, not yeah. on the interview too. He just looked stunned, didn't he? What yeah. did the what was the Maharishi's advice? I can't. Remember. I said just uh, just stay positive, and you'll still be connected spiritually, or something like that. Well, that's pretty good advice, though, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, what else? Can it was more not like the way I said it, but it was more yeah, yeah, um, yeah. spiritual. Yeah, going into the spiritual uh, thing, and that Indian that. Um, India footage was just fantastic. It was yeah. like Super 8. Uh, looked really good. It just yeah. looked so hippie, you know what yeah. I mean? It just looked like... Swimming off a boat. And... Yeah. 
It just looked really, really They all had the flowers over them and all that yeah. flowery dressing they did. Yeah. And it just encouraged them to a chapter that you and I know you and I really like. And that was the the real um, hippie era, you know? The just, real hippie The Summer era. of Love, 1967. Yeah. It was all connected. Yep. And it was um, where they wrote the songs for the White Album. They, yeah. Their best album. Yeah, so, like uh, so, I Will, I think, was yeah. one of them. Oh, he, all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm So Tired. Um, Dear Prudence. All, all the songs were, were written in... Um, were written in India for the White Album. And to me, they should have just kept meditating. Yeah. Because they were writing fantastic songs. And then they've got that part, that footage that I'd never seen before. There was quite a lot of footage I'd never seen before with uh, John going up in the helicopter with the Maharishi. Paul looked really pissed off. Yeah. And Paul says, um, Paul says to John, he said, why why did you go up in the Maharishi? in the helicopter, and he said, because um, I thought he was going to give me the answer. Yeah, the answer, yeah. The answer. And, and that showed that picture of Paul on a tree. Yeah. Looking really pissed off. Yeah. Um, and then he said, that was John. Yeah. And and then just going back a bit, when they were talking about the, um, there was another myth that was dispelled. Like, we always heard in the books that we read, and even in that Complete Beatles, we'd heard that when they were flying to America... And they saw the crowd there. They thought the president was landing. Yeah. That that was the myth. But in anthology, they tell us, Ringo tells us that the pilot had radioed ahead and he'd told them before he said, there's a big crowd waiting for you, boys. Really? Yeah. yeah. So they, they knew that the crowd was there. There's yeah. a lot of little things like that. Yeah. That if you watch it, you can pick up on. Yeah. Um, sorry? What were oh, you gonna I was going to say something. Uh, still on the India thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, the Indian thing is just... The footage is amazing. You know, there's a movie coming out. Yeah. There's a movie coming on out. On the Indian... Uh, yeah. On the whole Indian That'd be great. trip. And there's... Apparently, there was a backpacker dude who was just going there anyway. Yeah. And he goes there and... And, and the saw what he saw, there. yeah. <laughs> wow, and, how lucky was yeah, he? Yeah, so he's in that... He's yeah. in that uh, docker. And they, they actually... Sp- speak about it on the Let It Be sessions. It's actually on the Let It Be. What, what do they say? Um, Paul was, they were really stoned. And Paul said, <laughs> yeah, remember that time in India and the Maharishi? But he he didn't say it like those exact words, but you knew what he was on about. Yeah. And then John said, yeah, we'll call it what we did on our holidays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Paul was laughing about it had that really stoned laugh about him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just like um yeah. They and my only criticism of anthology, I guess, is they just sort of like did the albums really quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they talk when they spoke about Revolver and Rubber Soul, they just sort of glossed over them really quickly. I thought they could have spent more time on the on, Indian thing for, on, for on all the albums. On yeah. all the albums, yeah. you know, they could have spent more time just discussing how they were recorded. Yeah. Discussing, they should. For me, I would have loved it if they would have sat there and gone through every single song on every yeah. on every single album. Yeah, the details. You know? yeah. yeah, I would be there forever watching it. Still, yeah. But the the good thing, the good thing about anthology is all those different versions that came out. There was 
it's three two disc sets, so six sets, three discs. Yeah. Of different versions of songs, oh, what, unreleased yeah. songs. Yeah. Which to me that was the goldmine. Yeah. That was the the jewel in the crown yeah. of anthology for me. And they did that because all this stuff that's on there was on bootlegs, had been on bootlegs, and they were losing millions upon mm. millions of dollars because people were buying these bootlegs because they wanted these versions. Yeah. And uh, the Beatles decided, well, shit, let's put them out officially. Yeah. So they put them out officially. Only trouble is a couple of things is a couple of tracks were edited with a couple, something else. So they'd put track three and they'd edit it with track four. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like that. They were saying, you know, leave the tracks as leave they are. As they give were. Us, yeah. Give us. So, but, um, they'll probably, I don't know, you know, things like that. They'll probably on a time schedule or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just, yeah. They there's just, always some corporate shit, you know, happening. It. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the, um, the music that came on those CDs. Okay. So there were three recordings that came out for Anthology, uh, three double CDs, triple albums, they were, so Anthology 1, Anthology 2, Anthology 3. Um, Anthology, of course we can't go through them all because there's just Too so many. so many things. But, you know, there was there was a few things that were left out. Like when I, you listen to Anthology 2, it's got some versions of Strawberry Fields yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. But I've got I've got a bootleg and the whole I've heard that yeah, yeah there's so many of them there's so yeah. many of them and there's there's better ones yeah. than the ones they chose I don't yeah. know why they chose those ones and they, they didn't include like you know how in Strawberry Fields they melded those two versions together the acoustic version and the brass version yeah they've got the full acoustic version on there but they haven't got the brass version on there yeah which is on the bootlegs. I, I, I don't know why. So some of the choices were really curious. They, I don't know. It was probably for commercial reasons. They probably had their hands tied, you know, somewhere. Yeah. So, of course, we can't go through every song because that'll take... Well, we might do that in another podcast one yeah. day. But we, uh, both of us sort of like went through it a couple of weeks ago and we decided... Um, to pick out the eyes of what we thought were probably the best songs on it. Um, Norwegian Wood, I like that version yeah. of Norwegian Wood because it's got more sitar in it. Yeah. It's got more sitar. And there's another version on a bootleg. He does that with that Norwegian Wood. He, you know, every time he played a little sitar thing after every yeah. verse. Yeah. And that's what Paul was, that exactly he didn't want. Yeah. And that argument... Yeah. came in the Let It Be because I talked about Hey Jude. Yeah. You know, like... I'll play whatever you want or I won't play at all. Yeah. Yeah, because apparently Paul was saying, Hey Jude. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he did that. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, that's what he does on in... Norwegian uh, Wood. On Norwegian Wood. So that, that was good because that's one of my favourite songs. But probably my favourite in the whole thing is that version of Tomorrow Never Knows. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's freaky and... It's yeah, just, it's funny too. It's, it's funny, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you see the extras, if you look at the extras on Anthology when they're playing that, and it's got that riff, that like, um, it's got this sort of muddy 
sounding thing. I don't know what it is, but George is pretending to swim underwater oh, while, yeah. while he's listening to it. I yeah. love that. I'd never heard that before. I never had a bootleg with that yeah. before. And that version of Annual Bird Can Sing with the giggling. Yeah. Could you imagine George Martin? There was such a contrast in, in personalities, you know? Yeah. Especially when the drugs came. Yeah. Came in. Um, that annual bird can sing with all the giggling on it, yeah. like that stone giggling. I loved that. Yeah. There's a version I've got a version without the giggling, and it's great. But the um, but uh, what I found was curious is you know the main riff that's used at the beginning of annual bird can sing is o- only appears as the lead break. Yeah, they just used it over. Yeah. yeah. So that that was I found that fantastic. Yeah. Um, Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> What well, a shame, what a shame, Mary Jane. Had a pain at the party. Yeah. Um, and with just the nothing piano. It's just yeah. nothing. But I was reading the other day, that was actually John and George. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So actually George was in there with him doing it. And there's a few versions. Like I was talking about that Sessions, that Sessions album I've got. That's yep. got a different version than, of that. The, uh, than the one. Yeah. yeah. So John really worked on it. Well, you know, just going back on George, apparently Yako Ano said that um, number nine was actually George's idea. Well, George and Patty had a lot to do with number nine. Revolution number nine? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I think I did read something like that somewhere. Um, Leave My Kitten Alone. That's yeah. That that's a good, like, early, you know, representation yeah. of it. And it's well produced and... I don't know why that never came out. That was supposed to be the single. Yeah. That was going to be the single before they decided to go in and do Free as a Bird. Yeah. It's a catchy tune, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, what? Oh, you know what else I really like on there? Come and Get It. Come and Get It. You know? If you oh, want. yeah. Yep. Which was a bad finger song. But I really love Paul's version yeah. of it. Like Paul does everything. He plays the drums. He does everything on that. Yeah. It was just a demo of it. Right. I really... And I remember as a kid... As a kid, when I heard Come and Get It, I thought the Badfinger version. I yeah. thought it was the Beatles. Yeah. I thought it was the Beatles. Well, yeah, you could hear the influence. Mm. Um, what else? Anything else that takes your fancy? Oh, that that version of Eight Days a Week. They're, they're showing you how they're making Eight Days a Week, and it was totally different yeah. from... What yeah, came out. Yeah. So if you haven't got those... If you haven't got those, I really uh, recommend to go out and get them because they're like Beatles treasures. Like these I said, are the CD version. Yeah, yep. the CD. You can get them on album. These are like um, I wish they'd remaster those. Yeah. They to me that that was the jewel in the crown in anthology. Like I loved, I loved the documentary. I love yeah. the documentary, but for me, with the Beatles, it's always music first. Yeah. You know, and this was what I was. I'd been waiting for for years and yeah. years. Yeah, well, admittedly, um, I didn't get around to hearing what... Because I, I remember I recorded everything that you, you loaned me and I ha- I've got them... I've still got them all on tape. Yeah. But, um, yeah, admittedly, I got more into the documentary than... Mm. than which is... Yeah, which is both fantastic. Yeah. Which is both... Okay, so that's it from us. This week from uh, Tomorrow Never Knows a Beatles podcast. You can listen to us on Overcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iTunes, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, just on the phone all night. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Paul is dead. Yeah. Well, I do. I know yeah. that. We did a podcast about it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Peace. Peace, man. Mm-hmm.